Talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Makes me that much stronger. Makes me work a little bit harder. Makes me that much wiser. Thanks for making me wider. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fight Club. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the club. <laughs> Happy Tuesday morning, everyone. As you know, we are a group of self-employed industry experts, and we are today's uh, here to help you fight for your business. Does anyone else want to take over this? Group? Sure. <laughs> so we are here to help you fight for your business, and we cover all aspects of business, and each week we have a guest. And today our guest is Sean Day with Blue Skies Recruiting. And Sean, I'm going to pass it to you and let you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself, and then we'll go around. Yeah. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me on. I am um, late this morning, so I apologize to everybody out there. My timing was not right. Uh, so I'm flawed, very flawed, and we'll find that out as we move along. Uh, I owned a home cleaning business for about 20 years in Cleveland, Ohio, had 42 cleaning technicians and about 50 employees, um, got together with Blue Skies several years ago, and um, I was in charge of about 85 house cleaners in about five different states, which was uh, increased the drinking tab greatly for me. That was, that was not an easy juggling act, um, but we did it. And we, 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 what's the, you break a lot of eggs when you're trying to do crazy things. And, and we, uh, we went through a lot of eggs. Um, and then what had happened was we, we, we were buying other cleaning companies and that was our growth strategy through acquisitions. Um, and I am now recruiting hundred percent of the time five days a week at least. And that's what we do. So we recruit for our internal operations and uh, also external uh, operations and have a couple hundred clients we're recruiting for. Great. Wow. Well, I have dogs calm down, so I'll go ahead and jump. Hey, go ahead, Tay. Good. (laughs) One person knocks on the door and all hell breaks loose. (laughs) Um, So I am Taylor Maroney. I co-own a power washing company in South Florida with my husband. Um, I've been in marketing for about six years now, so super excited to be back on Tuesday on Fight Club with you guys, and I promise I'll keep the boys quiet the rest of the time here. (laughs) My name is Megan Likes, and I'm fighting background noise today, too, Uh, so Sorry for the blower in the background. I hope they finish soon. Uh, I am the owner of Likes Accounting Company, a full service accounting firm where you can outsource all those accounting related tasks to me and my team. I'm also the owner of Bookkeeping Academy Online, where I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so they can live more financially rewarding lives. And I co-own a window cleaning and gutter cleaning company with my husband, Jeff, in Northern California. And we're really excited to have you here today, Sean. Uh, We feel like all of our listeners have been complaining about recruiting, about being able to attract people, getting responses to their ads. So this is a really timely topic for us and and who better to call in than the experts. So welcome to Fight Club. And uh, yeah, nice to have you. 
Thank you. And hey there, Sean. Good morning. I'm Michelle Myers, co-owner of Pink Collars, and we outsource all your front and back office tasks. So if you need help with phones and emails and chats and all that good stuff that keeps your company running, our team can help support you in that way. And I am super eager to talk to you about all your recruiting ninja super tricks because I've started a new recruiting thing over here at Pink Collars, and I want to get your inside information if we're on track or if we're totally lost in the woods. So I'm excited to have you. Welcome. Thank you. <laughs> and I'm Martha Woodward, and I own a maid service in a neighboring state, uh, operate as an absentee owner, and then I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software, and I have a membership called Culture First, where we help people improve their culture so they can have a happier workplace. So welcome, Sean, and uh We'll talk a lot since my area is around people. Yep. Yep. All right. Take. Well, I'm going to take you first, Sean. And I do know that this has been a struggle for everyone. Recruiting really has been an issue these last few months for small businesses across the nation, big and small. Um, so I see kind of behind your head, it looks like it says always be. ABCs. Always be recruiting. Which is why I was going to use that for my marketing kind of transition. But <laughs> now you have to explain what that means. I need to know what this yeah. means. <laughs> I, it, very simply, um, whether you need to hire or not, you should always be interviewing. Um, and you should have that hopper going. And, and Tay, it's so amazing to me how aligned and parallel marketing and recruiting are right? You, you, it's just a different set of human beings. You, you know, your end of the game is, is looking for clients. My end of the game is looking for employees. Um, but we want to sort of go after them in the same way. What are their emotions? What do they want? Um, is it somebody we want as a client? Is it somebody we want as, a, as an employee? And it's just so aligned. And, you, you know, w- when do you stop marketing? If there wasn't a labor crunch, you'd always market, right? Um, you might have to pull back if there's a labor crunch uh, because you're you know, wasting dollars if you can't service the client. But it's other than that, if capacity and demand were equal and in, 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 this, in our businesses, in our industries, that's where you make a ton of dough is when marketing and, and your employees are matched, but there, uh, there's so much, so much aligned. It's amazing to me. No, there really is. And that's what I find so beautiful about when people talk about marketing and recruiting in the same aspect, a lot of the tools that you use when marketing towards your clients, you can still be able to transition those when marketing towards potential employers or employees, excuse me, I should say. So what are some key kind of marketing tactics in the recruiting side of things that you guys tend to use at Blue Sky that really see a great return for your clients? Well, I, th- I think it is, as it plays out with marketing, uh, I would say that keywords and job titles, right? I mean, it's you, you deal on SEO and, and things like that, and Google's huge, obviously. And so a lot of that is, is um, very much in line with what recruiting is. And it's always amazing to me when I have, uh, I have demos every day talking about our recruiting service. And it's always amazing to me. Nobody takes the time to research their labor market. And, and I can't tell you how important that is. That's the first thing we do uh, when we have a new client is we research the labor market. What are those key words? And I always give the example of Texas. 
Um, we've got a lot of clients in Texas and the word maids is used like it's going out of style in Texas. Maids on a mission, maids this, maids that. <laughs> Where I'm at in Cleveland, Ohio, I'd lose 70% of my application flow if I kept using the word maids. It's just not a key word that, that job seekers use here in this part of the country. I have no idea what a soda is. I buy pop, right? Those, those, <laughs> all, all those things matter. A sneaker, I couldn't tell you, do you wear it on your head? I don't know. I buy tennis shoes. We really yeah. don't use those words where I'm at, but those words are certainly used in other parts of the country. That's the same thing. It's a lot like SEO when you're doing job titles and job descriptions. 100%. And so, um, so then you find these keywords. So it's kind of similar to like you're talking about SEO. So we've done the research. We've looked into what types of keywords are really resonating and hitting those emotions, like you mentioned briefly before, with potential employees for the business. And then from there, now, how do we really kind of marketing wise get them into that lead funnel for y'all? How do we? Yeah. I think it depends on the platform you're using. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. And I'll give a very specific example. Indeed, you want to put all the keywords in the first paragraph. It's, very, it's that simple. Okay. And if you're using Craigslist, and this is why I think a lot of people frown on Craigslist, we're actually fairly successful with it in certain parts of the country. Everybody sort of dismissed it because they don't know how to use it. The very bottom on Craigslist is where you put all your tags. The job title means absolutely nothing in Craigslist other than an attention getter to make sure that somebody knows what the job is, but it doesn't move you up at all. It really doesn't increase application flow. So that's completely different um, in regards to, you know, where you would put those key words. And I don't think many people realize that. So that's a starter there. It depends on the platform. Um, and then I, I think, I think the keywords that you want to use, you know, you just have to make sure it's coherent, but you got to put the keywords in there. You know, a, a great cleaning company cleans cl house cleaning and, and this and that. You want to toss it in there for a maid service or a house cleaning company. Um, the job titles and, and the number of characters you use matter. Um, if you use too many characters, in, uh, meaning, you know, dashes, digits, and, and numeric and alphabets and, and, and letters, that makes a difference. I mean, there's a lot of things that can, can be a problem with your application flow. Um, the best thing I can recommend is get on, get on the horn with Indeed and your rep and talk to them. You know, I, we, I'm on a Zoom call with them once a week. Um, because that's my job to, to understand that stuff. And algorithms change too on some of the uh, platforms. Indeed's changed, you know, they move the goalpost about every two or three weeks, depending on what, what, you know, they're just a nightmare to work with, in my opinion, but we need them. You know, they're the biggest, they're the baddest. So we still need them, but you have to understand how to use them. I'm, I'm on the phone with ZipRecruiter all the time. I think you need to do that and get on the phone with your rep. Absolutely. Well, and it's, again, very similar to marketing. I say this all the time about clients who are doing, say, Google ads or running SEO with their company that may be a marketing company locally or, you know, nationally, whatever the case may be. Google is the big guns when it comes to marketing. Right. They make those changes constantly. And it's no secret that Indeed and these types of recruiting services are going to do the same thing. So you have to be making those adjustments, making those tweaks to the campaign on, like you're saying, pretty much a weekly basis to ensure that you're staying on top of any of these algorithm updates and any things that may be coming into play that can be adjusted and be kind of foreseen ahead of time by working with those kind of insider. Yeah. I think one of the things too, that's changed dramatically is I remember just maybe three or four years ago, you could get the free stuff and get 
800 applications in a week. And depending on what part of the country you were in, those days are gone. I can assure you of that. We spend thousands of dollars boosting and sponsoring ads now where four or five years ago, you really didn't have to do that if you were looking for one or two hires a, a month, really. So, you know, it, it's one of those things where you need to balance out your marketing budget a little bit with your with what you need to do with, with the capacity side of it, which is, you know, hiring employees. I think, I think there, you know, you have to spend your money wisely, but you definitely need to spend money in today's labor market or you're going to fall behind. You're not going to find people. It's, it's, it's that simple. Awesome. Well, I think that was a perfect transition. Thank you so much, Sean, for everything that you gave in the marketing side of things and how that really does tie into recruiting for employees. I'm going to hand you off to Megan since we were talking about right. and finances. So <laughs> you can Oh no, no. no. <laughs> Almost like was like, stop talking. You're stepping on my toes. This is what we were gonna talk about. But I figured that would be a natural transition. So um I want to talk about money, Sean, because money's fun. And what I find so often, and this is a really natural transition for marketing, is everybody knows what their marketing budget is, right? And everybody usually, not everybody, most people understand what is their client acquisition cost? How much does it cost to acquire a new customer? But I never hear people talk about this from a recruiting standpoint. Yep. When you go to post a job listing and you're complaining that there's nobody applying and you know, you've know you been afraid to boost it for $20 a day, I'm like, really? Okay, so I've got to just nerd out for a second and then I'm going to get all your commentary. So <laughs> me nerding out is my average ticket in my window cleaning company is $581. But the average employee brings into my business between $75,000 and $125,000 a year. Yep. Do you see how like backwards this is? So <laughs> I'm willing, and I'm not talking to Sean because Sean knows how backwards this is. I'm talking to you out there who's like, you know, I can't afford to spend money on recruiting. And I'm like, you can't afford not to because you're spending all this money on marketing trying to get a $581 client when you're not spending any money marketing to get a $75,000 internal client, or maybe in your industry, it's a $50,000 intern, or maybe it's a $250,000. I mean, I don't know how much the average employee is going to bring to you, but I hope that you do. I hope that you've done that math. Um, and I'm going to walk them through the math, Sean, while you're thinking of your response to this question of like, what should we be budgeting, right? And what is a good employee worth to us? So the math that I've done to figure out how much an average employee brings to me is I know how much I want to bill per hour, per man hour. And I know how many man hours I want per day. And then I know how many days I'm going to work a year. So it's a pretty simple, it's a pretty simple math. Like I want, you know, if you're in maid service, you're probably looking at what, or let's say lawn care, $55 an hour, right? And you probably want six to seven billable hours a day. And you're probably going to be doing that. Um, I don't know. That's math I haven't done. What, 50 weeks a year, five days a week, right? So you do that math and that is a really big number. And Debbie Sardone was the first person that had me look at that number and it was a life changer for me. So please do that math if we're getting to homework. Now we're going to talk about how much should we spend, because Sean's the expert, how much should we spend to get somebody who's going to generate that number of income for us? So Sean, what do you think? What's, sure. Is it like it, a percentage? Is it like a month's salary? Is it like... There's got to be a magic number in there. It, it's <laughs> there. There is, but it's drastically different in in Texas than uh, in Dallas, Texas versus Salt Lake City, Utah. Um, okay, so let's just go through every city in the U.S. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Starting with, um, so I, I think I think uh, you know you've got to be data driven, right? You're 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 a numbers person. Data. What is it in your area? I think you need to. 
um, do this. What we tell our clients is let's see what all the free stuff does for seven days. And then we can start to see where some of the application flow comes from. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then we can go back and say, let's spend some money in that particular platform first, because if the free stuff's coming from there, the odds of us investing money in that platform is probably going to be more successful than that. That's not coming from the free stuff. And so there's some things in there you have to understand with that. The other, I I can give you some in general numbers though. I'm not trying to avoid the question. In general, um, in this labor market, you're probably looking towards $350 to $700, somewhere in there to find one good employee. Um, And and the 350 is probably in a very easy to hire labor market. Um, and, And in comparison to other parts of the country, I can tell you we hired... Uh, maybe 15 or 20 window cleaners in Minnesota for our own business. Uh, we, we spent, you know, thousands of dollars a month to do that. Uh, I think we were probably around six, $700 per employee to get that many employees. That um, sounds like about one week's salary. So I'm trying to yeah, like find, yeah, and, I'm trying to find yeah. a normalizer. So yeah, if you're, yeah. if you're like cringing, you're like, I don't know how much to spend, like $20 a day, $30 a day, $250 Think about how many positions you're hiring and try try it in your budget where you're going to spend one week salary to recruit one A player, one really good rock star. And we're talking about recruiting an A player, not like, you know, right. the, they hold up the mirror and they can breathe. Yes, great. Shake their hand. Give them a job. Give them a squeegee. We're talking about recruiting really good quality employees. Um, so that was super helpful. One sounds like one week salary is a good baseline starting point. Um Let's see, you, you've talked a little bit about like boosting a post or a budget for an ad. Can you talk about the other recruiting strategies? I know Michelle just had her cards printed. So, yeah. you know, you're a rock star, yeah. come join our team. Um, what are some other like guerrilla marketing tactics that you've seen work really well in our industries for um, home service for recruiting? Sure. I think one that's overlooked almost all the time is uh, resume databases. I don't think people understand it. Um, it, It's not always cheap and it's a lot of labor to to go through it. So those are some issues uh, with with probably avoiding it. Uh, But we've got access to, and you can get this in Indeed, you can get it in ZipRecruiter. Um, You can do Google search stuff and find resume databases that have millions of resumes in there. Then you can filter it by geography. So maybe a 25 mile radius around your office, something like that. Um, which, by the way, the number one issue of not getting employees outside of a goofy labor market is how far they have to drive to work. It's not money. It's not benefits, health benefits. It's how far do I have to drive to work? That's the number one. So we usually do around 25-mile radius. If it's more than a 20-minute drive, you've got about a 60% chance that person's not going to last more than a year at the most, right? Um, So, Geography, and then we'll put in keywords depending on what it is. If it's lawn care, maybe lawn maintenance, uh, landscape, or something like that, and it dwindles it down to maybe five, ten thousand, depending again on your geographics um, and your labor market. And then we invite them to apply for jobs we manage on behalf of our clients. And and you know I can go in there and see if they've updated that resume literally yesterday, a week ago, 
a month ago, six months ago. They also have, and indeed at least, something that they can click and say, yep, I'm ready to work today. So those people that aren't real serious about the job uh, and looking for a job, but they're just applying to get the unemployment check and that sort of thing, usually don't take the time to update their resume prior to doing that. So resume databases, I think, are, are huge. It's not cheap. Uh, the Indeed one, I think we subscribe to it. It's like three grand a year. So it's not cheap, um, but you can use it pretty much unlimited. Awesome. And maybe you can share those resources with us after the call, how we would go about finding sure. that. Um, how do you feel about, so in marketing, I always, I feel like I'm stepping on taste of marketing, but in marketing, we talk about how many touches does it take to convert a customer? I feel like in recruiting, we don't talk about that as much, but we absolutely could. So you're talking about like the formal ad, right? That's the job listing. That's the formal ad. But what about soft touches where I'm seeing like painting companies in my area, they have billboards saying we're hiring or having, we are hiring on the back of your trucks. What are some other soft touches that you have found to be helpful? Um, Facebook, like we haven't talked about Facebook yet. Are yep. you, is that a good place to be? Um, what's what's your commentary on yeah. compliments to our job listing? Right? I yeah, I, I think that being, you, you need to be in a lot of different places because of Google for jobs, which is a whole different ball, ball, ball game. Um, and it's a lot like SEO. The more places you are, the more you'll be picked up to get your website listed higher. Same thing with Google for jobs. Uh, there's some algorithm things with that as well, but like Facebook um, groups, and I'll give you an example. And I, I always forget where it is, but I think it's in Cincinnati. Um, there's a, there's a group um, I think it's called Chevy pickup truck, Cincinnati, Ohio. There's a bunch of people that go on there and they're super easy to mingle with. And it's like, oh, by the way, we've got a window cleaning position open up in Cincinnati, Ohio. Boom, boom, boom. We're not short-staffed with window cleaners by going into a Facebook group called Chevy Pickup Trucks. A um, lot of blue-collar guys like those pickup trucks. And, you know, so you 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 do it that way. There's garage sale um uh, trade type of groups in your area that works really well for the home cleaning industry. We've done it that way. And you just kind of go in and it's a lot of labor. Um, but if you have any capacity at all, or you can get your employees to help you with that, maybe in, in, in a bonus thing with that, you know, anytime you can keep the current employees that you have, I know it's not recruiting, but I think it is. I consider my current employees recruiting. I need to recruit them every single day, every single week, because if they go, I'm in trouble. Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure Martha's going to talk to you a lot about that. So I'm yeah. going to stay away from that. Um, and I had one final question for you. Oh dear. I might've just lost it. Oh yeah. I got it. So data, how many applicants for one good employee? Can you give the, me a ratio? Are yeah. we looking at like 100 to one, 300 to one, 1000 to one, five to one. I mean, sometimes Jeff's like, I had four people apply. I had one person <laughs> show up to the interview and I got a new hire. And I'm like, really? That's yeah. the guy. So can you give us some, like, what should we be aiming for? What should our goal be? I think, again, it depends on the job title, especially in that with that question. A salesperson is different than a tech um, or an ops manager or something like that. Let's, but Let's talk my, about techs because I think like that's I where the pain rule, point is right now. I'd say the rule of thumb is about literally one out of about every 100 to 125 are going to be somebody you really want to interview and hire. And, and it used to be maybe one out of 50, four or five years ago, somewhere in there, but that's not the case anymore. There, there's, there is a, uh, the glaring number to me as far as data and unemployment is we've got 9 million jobs that are available for people to take on as a new position. 
9 million. That's the highest this country's ever had with wow. open job opportunities. That's a lot of jobs. Wow. Um, so it's, you know, with that said, uh, a lot less job seekers per job out there. Um, it's, it's about one, one out of a hundred to 125. And it's, and, you know, you need to automate that stuff a little bit too, is sort of the secret sauce in recruiting nowadays. How do you, if, if, if it's the 119th one, you know, it's going to be a hell of a hell of a time to get to that 119th person. If you 119 applications and resumes, right? Right. So that's a yep. perfect transition to Michelle, but yep. I'm going to just leave you with this parting comment. I was, a, uh, I was in a room last week and I went, they, somebody said, and it was like a big light bulb moment for me. Uh, when you're talking about your job listing and you're recruiting a new tech, like a brand new training trainee, uh, they said, try using the language apprentice and try using verbiage, like learn a new trade. So to yep. engage and entice somebody as opposed to like it being an entry level or a starting position. And I was like, wow, I could see how that would really change. So, so we're smart. testing it right now. I'll report back once I see some results <laughs> on that. Um, but I'm going to pass you to Michelle. Thank you for sharing all that, John. Um, and she's going to talk to you all about those systems for how do we go through 120 applications to get one good one, especially when I've got five open positions or something, right? Yes. Wow. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Megan. So Sean, um, Indeed is one of the places that we use um, to recruit for pink collars. And after they come through Indeed, we have a series of processes and systems that we put them through. Tell me kind of what, what happens at, at your spot um, so that we can understand kind of what a consumer could expect, because there's a lot of little hoops that we have people jump through and it takes an immense amount of time. Um, I have to give all the props to uh, Taylor here in our office that set this whole thing up for us. Um, but tell me what your process is so people can understand kind of what that looks like if they were to come to work with you. Sure. So one of the biggest mistakes I see small business owners making with recruiting is that they do too much um, screening up front. So our, we, we've got a big funnel and I want yep. just application flow. I don't care if they're good, sure. bad. I don't care if they're male, female, tall, short. I sure. don't care who they are. I want a <laughs> yeah. huge funnel. And, yep. then, and then it comes down through our system. Um, one of the things is we've got a really good balance of asking enough questions on the online application to have about 30 to 40% not finish the online application. Yep. That's so part one. good. Yep. Love that. We, now I will admit we've shortened that up because, we, because of the labor market. Um, yeah. We have shortened that up, but I think that's an important part, but you'd also don't want to scare away the A employee uh, candidates from applying. Sure. So there's a fine balance there. Um, I think it's important to make it long enough, but easy enough to fill out. So we don't do a lot of, we do a lot of drop down menu stuff when they're uh, for the online application uh, for two reasons. One is it, it's easier for them to go through and, and complete the application. But if you ask enough questions or questions that they want to put some thought into, even though it's a, you know, a drop down menu, mm -hmm. that's, that's part of the balance. But we, we've got a lot of data driven questions that we ask. We don't ask, you know, about their strengths and weaknesses. And, you know, I don't like, uh, I, I want data driven questions. We've got a lot of them. And I'd like to set it up our application very specifically. We have basically four legs of a table with our online application. The first Ooh, okay. part of it, the first part of it are, are knockout questions. We all know those, okay. right? If you don't have a driver's license, you have to be authorized to work in the United States. If you're a window cleaner, you can't be afraid of heights. Those sort of things yeah. are knockout questions, right? The next set of questions that we ask, um, I call them 
Um, what would upset you the most if you got this job? Okay. So with the way that that came around was I used to, we've all hired people and they they are this one human being for about a month or two. And they turn into this completely different human being about three or four months into it. And you're going, why on earth? What do you mean you're mad because somebody canceled? You knew that you knew you knew that two months ago. And you, so those are things that we ask, um, you know, is this going to upset you? But we've got, We've got some questions that are data driven and I can touch on those in a second. But then the third one is if you owned a company set of questions, I want to force them to put on the uh, sort of the hat or or look through the lens of a small business owner. I think this one's important for two reasons. One is I used to hate, I used to hate to babysit employees. It drove me nuts. I hated it. Here's systems, here's training. Hey man, I know the the truck needs gas. What do I do? And I, You're raising children, right? You have pets. Put gas in the truck. I don't know what you're you nuts. So that used yeah. to drive me crazy. Um, the, but the cool thing with that too, you know, a lot of things we started were for one reason, but then we uncovered a lot of better reasons. And and sure. the better reason was we started to find people that were, um, you know, if, if we can, if, if there's a technician that will answer questions the same way all of us would as small business owners and entrepreneurs, it's mm-hmm. pretty likely they might have some management abilities and, and even some leadership skills. What better attributes to help you scale and grow a business with technicians that one day yeah. or an apprentice one day that might come up and become your operations That's manager huge. or manage this or manage that for you? So if you owned a company set of questions, I think are really important. And then the fourth leg of the of the, the application is um, we can't hire pessimists. We, we just can't. We've got to have people that are, do not have a victim mentality, that take ownership in their decisions and choices. Um, the $5 million question that I that is my favorite by far is <laughs> rate your luck in life from zero to 10. Zero yeah. is horrible and 10 is great. And let me give you the data behind it. We, we all can sense Please. where we head with that, right? The yep. data behind this one is those that answered under a six, rate your luck in life, zero to 10, right? those that answered under a six with blue sky services on average lasted a whopping three months or less with our company. They're just completely unaligned with our core behaviors and our core values. That person, um, that person by far is somebody that takes zero ownership and quality, their attendance. It is always somebody else's fault or something else's fault. Wow. Never, their attendance is some the traffic. It's something else. It's not them. They didn't get up early enough. That's not how they are. This person is super pessimistic. They, they're the ones that will win $50 million in a lottery. And the only thing out of their mouth for the next month is complaining about how much they have to pay on taxes on that winning. That's, that's wow. thing. run from them. Run from them. I'm obsessed with this. The four legs of the stool is like a perfect system to put in place. Even if you're just working in indeed yourself, correct? I mean, could oh, you absolutely. put this series of questions in, right? Okay. I'm in love. The next question I have, and then I want to make sure I give uh, Martha plenty of time about people, because this is really her show about people, um, is how do you feel about video interviewing? It's kind of the new thing. What do you think about it? And how are you using it there um, at Blue Skies? We are not. We hire about 96% of the people that show up to an interview. And the interview is about 10 minutes. 
Um, we've hired people from phone interviews. Our system screens to a point where it's very unusual we wouldn't hire somebody if they made it through our system. It used really? to be we'd spend a little bit of time and just try to get as many people in for an interview and then spend, you know, 40 minutes interviewing. Most of the questions we have in our pre-screening were questions we once used during the interview. And then our, our thought changed is to, for a couple of reasons, we've got data to the automation and technology allows us to do this faster now, right? Why on earth would we wait until the interview to ask all the questions that would screen them out up front in the first place? Yeah. So smart. Yeah. So smart. We, we still get no-shows. It's not perfect, um, but drastically reduced. The thing that's almost been eliminated to your point, Michelle, is mm-hmm. that human being across the desk where you're interviewing them and in 10 seconds in your own mind, you're saying there's no way this human being is getting in front of a client of mine. But you waste yeah. 20 minutes or 30 minutes interviewing that person and you're trying to be nice and polite and sure. professional. That is almost eliminated if you screen properly through the recruiting process wow. up front. That's huge. That's huge. What a huge time saver. And that's what we're all after, right? How can yeah. we compress our time <laughs> to get yeah. some of these things accomplished? This is yeah. great. Awesome. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. I'm going to pass you over to Mark. <laughs> hey, Sean. Um, we've had booths next to each other and we've talked about, we have very similar feelings about recruiting and tolerance and so forth. So uh, we know each other well. Um, I, I like your question about what would upset you if you get hired. We don't ask that, but it's in our training program. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, I'm going to have to consider whether I would add that only because I don't, I find I, maybe we don't interview correctly, but I find a lot of people are pretty decent at lying and, mm-hmm. you know, um, they know the game to play. And uh, so we've taken that question and put it into our training where those things like I hate hate when somebody lasts two or three months and then we have to fire them because of that attitude or whatever. I hate that I didn't discover that early. So I love that you're asking that in the interview. Um, But so we took those things that we would end up firing them for, you know, that are attitude related and created fake scenarios in our training where that happens. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and then I think what's interesting is you get the body language and the eye rolls and the, you know, and I just love those things. Cause I tell people, I mean, if I see that they're done, you know, because that is their, that is their like good behavior response. <laughs> and so, uh, but I do love that. And I think we may try to test that and see what people say. Uh, the rate, the luck question, rate your luck. I love that question. Um, I think Liz Trotter was the first one I ever heard asking. Yeah. That. And um, the P 
people that I love is like if I ask them that question and they give a pretty high rating and they say, yeah, you know, I guess I'd say about an eight or a nine. And then they start listing, well, my fiance died. And I mean, they yeah. list this like long laundry list of terrible things that have happened to them, but they're like, but you know, my kids are healthy yep. and blah, 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 blah. And like right then I'm thinking, okay, you are hired, you know, because yeah. that is such a healthy mentality. Let me, let me tell you what I think the best answer is that we see in it and a lot. And we ask them actually to explain why they rated it because yeah. we, there's, there's two one-offs to that under six. One is to your point, if, if we also get that my mother just passed away and maybe they, maybe they give under a six, but my mother just passed away last week. Um, other than that, usually life is great, right? So we're not going to knock them down for that one off. The other one that we see, which we consider the best answer is either a five or a zero almost every time. And it is this, I don't believe in luck. I believe in waking up, working hard, getting to work and let the chips fall. As long as I'm working hard every day, something like that, we feel is the best answer. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, and so I want to spend the rest of the time talking about building your bench. So yep. the always be crouton. Um, yep. You go. still find people don't have that mentality? Um, yes, but uh, many less, many less. It used to be pretty common a couple years back certainly before COVID, um, four or five years ago, not a big deal. You know, there, it was easy enough to find people back then. Um, however, it has changed dramatically. I think a lot of people have heard it through a lot of, uh, you know, people like yourselves um, and some other coaches and things like that, that it's so important. You know, I, I, I just got on Facebook group and somebody was going back and forth. Well, what if I don't need to hire all this hire all the time? And I said, you don't hire all the time, but you interview all the time. It doesn't mean you need to hire all the time, but you certainly want to interview all the time. If you're interviewing all the time, you should be able to hire somebody in about a week maybe two. If you're not hiring all the time or interviewing all the time, it's going to take you a month or two to find that technician instead of a week or two. That's, that's the difference in my opinion, at least the main difference. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I see a disconnect. I see people say that say they believe in the always be recruiting, but then I see the mentality where oh, I'm fully staffed. Yep. And, and it's surprising to me, the amount of people who think just because they filled the seats that they think it's going to all work out. And, you know, right. I, uh, it, it, because they know it doesn't, right. but yet they still think when their seats are full that, all right, my job is done. And, um, you know, like, Paul Auguste posted something yesterday and you, did you see that? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that he has on his wall for you all that didn't see it on his wall. I'm assuming in his employee area, like where he does kind of the training and the welcome and everything, but he's got a poster that says, don't be an asshole. And, <laughs> um, and I thought that was hilarious. And, 
you know, I mean, personally, I don't have a problem with that in that, um, and, you know, there was a little discussion because people aren't going to admit and probably be self-aware that they're an asshole. But like I told somebody, well, you warned them, you know, so <laughs> when they do show their true colors, you're like, hmm. And uh, so it's just funny that some people have come to the realization that you're still in the recruiting process, even after they're hired, really, because right. you don't, until somebody's been with me about three months, I don't really believe anything they say. <laughs> and I don't believe that it's necessarily going to work out. Now, the challenge is not acting like that to the employee. You know, that is the challenge. But it is the truth in that people can interview well, but it's hard for them yeah. not to show their true colors. So I've got a, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to your original thought of that the questions about people can lie on the on the answers of the application. Let me give you an example of how they, I, I think it would be hard to, and the answer that they give that we score very low. So one of the questions that we ask are what uh, those things that upset you if you get the job, what, yeah. what would upset you if you get the job? And we, we only allow three answers that drop down menu, choose one of our answers, right? Okay. One, of the, one of the answers is this, somebody's always late to work, but the manager or owner never does a thing about it. Okay. That, that's not, that's reasonable to say that. I don't know of a job seeker that's going to look at that answer and say, boy, I bet that's the wrong answer because it's reasonable. Yeah. I wake up every morning. I get probably have to drop my child off to daycare or mom's or, and then there's traffic and weather and all these. My, I don't know. I don't have a lot of employees that have a brand new $50,000 vehicle. A lot of times they have car problems, but darn it. I get to work on time and Joe or Jane doesn't reasonable, but the, I'm not interested in what's reasonable. I'm interested in the data. Yeah. And our data shows that those people that answered that way, on average, only last about 10 months or less with our company. Okay. So I had automation. I talked data. Then I looked into it further because I got real curious. Is there a common denominator in the human beings that are answering that specific way? The data shows that there certainly seems to be something. And I didn't know where that would lead. But we talked to a lot of past employees text them and emailed them. We still had employees for you know a month or two working for us that were that answered that way. So we found a, a glaring common denominator in that answer. The common denominator is those people almost to the T are your drama king and queens and your gossipers by far, which we all know is a nightmare for your culture and your business. And then, so, so I got automation, I got data, I got common traits, and then I go, okay, old man, put your gut into it a little bit and think and see why. And my thought is this, if I told you, if you hire me, I'm going to be upset on what other people are doing or not doing, and then probably run my mouth about that, I can't find a better definition of gossip than that. That is the definition of gossip. We've got a series of questions like that. I, I think it's hard to fool somebody into wondering if that's the right answer or not. So there's some some ways around that, Martha. And and so then what you do, 
with with your training, then you can go back to that, get granular with your training because individuals are different. If that person then answered that way, let's be open and honest and say, our data shows this. How can we avoid this? And we want to make sure you're not going to be a gossiper and a drama king or queen because our data shows you might be and, and have that conversation with them. That's really interesting. Yeah. And I don't have the, we have the knockout questions of yeah. course, that are dropped down, but I don't have those, those type of um, personality questions that yeah. are dropped down. So when I was speaking to that about they would lie, it was an open-ended so they yeah. could fabricate their own answer. So I really love that. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's I see. A yep. powerful part of your recruiting system. Yeah. yeah. Can, can we, can we talk about that for a minute? Yeah, let's do it. Sean, you do recruiting for others. Uh, okay. This is not a sales pitch, but I would like you to take my money after that commentary. <laughs> uh, can, can you please uh, share with us? Is that part of your recruiting services for others? This like, I mean, that is a lot of data. And I have a feeling you've recruited successfully hundreds, if not thousands of employees over the past many decades of experience. Um, so can you talk a little bit about, about why a company would go to use a professional recruiter like your services sure. and what that looks like? And ladies, sorry, that was, is this okay? No, <laughs> yes. it's great. Okay. I love yeah. it. I mean, that was really good knowledge. And uh, please, yeah, share with us sure. how do we get more? I mean, it basically, in my mind, um, a couple things. Number one, I don't know of many companies that do what we do. There's a couple, um, and we're very good friends with them. Uh, but we first and foremost, we own cleaning companies. We own home service businesses. So we are your colleagues first and foremost, more than a vendor if you were to use our services. Um, the other thing is it works. Um, it just does. It's very seldom we're short staffed. I mean, in the market that I, you know, we had just outlined, we we found 20 to 25 window cleaners in about a two and a two month span. I mean, you know, people are hard, having a hard time finding two or one. So that's, that's one. It's not perfect. It's, you know, it's not easy. It's a very muddy game, very murky game recruiting. It really is. And it changes. <laughs> but I think more, more than anything is that we charge, like 350 bucks a month to be your full-time recruiting department. I mean, that you can't beat that. You can't find that. And we do it because we've, and this all came organically. We didn't set this up to go become a recruiting service. We did this for our own companies. So we know your pain. Uh, it took me 10 months to put like version 1.0 together. And that's all I did for 10 months was learn recruiting and ask other smarter people that were in recruiting for 20 and 30 years. How do you do this? And then we started to collect a bunch of data. And then we went to version two, three, and four. And then somebody literally, I can't remember who it was, came out of the woodwork and said, hey, man, I hear you guys are recruiting really good. How are you doing this? I, can you find me a couple people? And I said, oh, we don't do this for anybody else. And we did. So we said, okay. So I think my first invoice was for a 12 pack of beer. And we set that invoice because that, that was, we didn't know what was good. So at one of the window cleaning conventions, I'm telling that story and they're like, so are you like charging kegs now? Or what are you doing? And I'm like, no, we're, we're doing dollar bills now, buddy. Um, I love and, it. And so that's why, I mean, and we, I, I do nothing but, but um, 
talked to Indeed. A couple, there's four people from Indeed on a Zoom call with me, my customer service manager, and we're diving into what is Google for jobs, which nobody knows what it is. Um, you know, all those things I just look into. I really didn't like recruiting like everybody else when I owned my company and I was doing it and kind of hated it. But I love, um, I, I tell our staff, you guys have no idea how important you are. You change the world. And I can go, I do go on and on about it. I'm going to go on about it today at that noon Eastern time <laughs> with my team. But you think of the divorce rates and entrepreneurs, you think of all those things. What's the number one issue? How, how can I pay my God? I've got, a half million dollars laying on the table. I can't find a human being to go fetch it for me. Okay. We're, we change the world in, in our little home service space. We do. We really, mm-hmm. truly do. It's not perfect. Um, if you're not willing to spend some money, we're not going to execute for you. Um, so there's some things you got to do on your end. But when, for the most part, we do everything except interview and hire, interview and hire. That's the only thing our clients do. Interview and hire, interview and hire. We get them to your table. We, we are just short of picking them up at their home and dropping them off at the office for you to interview. Maybe one day we'll get there, but that's pretty much what we do. And that's, that's like literally 350 bucks a month. And we'll do that for you. Wow. And we'll get access to this data. So if yep. they answer this question this way, here's the odds yeah, in our well, company. We, well, you, you'll right. have, you'll see all of that, but here's the thing. It, it, if, if you deviate from the system that we have put in place, Okay. The more you deviate from it, the less likely we are going to be able to execute for you. So trust the system because we've, we've done the hard work. We've done, we've got the data. Um, We've changed it when we need to a little bit here or there, but for the most part, it's the same system we started with that we found to be successful finally after, after a couple of years of, of putting it together. And, and um, yeah, and that's why I think, uh, you know, we're, we're pretty good service. Awesome. Well, Martha, I didn't mean to cut you off. Do you, no, do you no. want to wrap it up or do we want yeah. to go to homework or? Well, I was just thinking you said you used to hate recruiting and I bet you at least it seems to me the reason that you're so excited and in it <laughs> now is with the volume that you're doing, being able to see the data and put some logic behind it. I mean, I love that too. So yeah. that's pretty cool. It really is. Put you all in a unique situation where you can make all those adjustments based on the volume and what you see. Yep. Cause the pivots. There, there's nothing that we do that you couldn't do on your own internally for your own business. It's just a matter if you want to outsource it or not. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, you can, you know, we, I've shared our questions, not all of them all the time, but I've shared them in things at conventions I spoke at and I've emailed them out to people. So it's not as though you can't do it yourself, but it's a matter of is, is your time worth more than 350 bucks a month? Uh, to go do other things. And I think it is. I, I truly think it is. Right. And are you like most people where you're hit or miss? Like you're on right. it when you're desperate. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then Re- and it's too late, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, Reactive instead of proactive. Right? Yeah. 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 I, I think I, I just want to add one more thing. I think Martha had mentioned, um, 
you know, you, you don't believe people and that type of thing for like the first three months. And I agree with that because that's about the point where they change if they are going to change. But the one thing that um, I think is more important maybe than almost anything is you've got to have a job they want. I mean, I, I look at some things and, and the, your culture has never been more important. And, and that's your game, right? Culture is more important today than it's ever been in regards to recruiting. And I can't, you know, stability. If you made it through COVID, you should let them know how stable your company is because think about this for just one minute. And I I know I'm probably babbling on through too much time and I apologize about that. Um, One of the reasons that outside of the money from the government, okay, there was, there was Easter, which is always difficult to recruit around a major holiday. Then there was spring break. So we're not thinking about jobs. Then there was, IRS refunds came at the same time that two or $3,000 check came. So people had like 10 grand sitting in their banking account that are making $25,000 a year, Mm $30,000 a year. That's a hard, that's a hard one. But here's the one that we we don't know. and, And somebody had mentioned this to me. It wasn't like I created this idea for the first time in their lives, a 20 some year old person who was a great employee, a hard worker, Uh, maybe a young 30-year-old person, which is our labor market when technicians for the most part, right, in general, for the first time in their lives, nothing they did, they lost their paycheck almost overnight during COVID for the first time in their lives, okay? You damn well better believe stability in a stable job is something incredibly important to them where you're you're this cleaning company. I don't know. I don't know if you're going to be around. I can't afford that anymore. For the first time in their lives, they lost their paycheck overnight. The other thing is prior to COVID, that same human being, if they wanted a raise, they just quit and went and found another job. I assure you, they are holding on to whatever job they have today a lot tighter than they did prior to COVID because they might have lost that first job they ever had and were making some pretty good dough thinking their job was pretty stable. Nobody's is anymore during that, that in their mind, their mindset's much different. They need something that's going to more of a career, more of an apprentice type of thing. Those are the ideas and the culture you need to start coming up with, or you're going to be left behind. Wow. Huge. That was huge. (laughs) Mic drop. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, good. All right. Homework. Homework. Okay. Awesome. So homework wise, um, everyone's going to go ahead and kind of go around Sean. So you can feel free to give homework if you'll like, we'll kind of save you for last. So that way you can get a feel for how um, homework kind of works. But okay. for the audience and listeners, um, please do your best just to pick one. There is a lot of homework that gets thrown out during this section. So we want you to focus on one area of your business that spoke to you today. I know it was a lot of centered around recruiting. So maybe it's a piece of the recruiting process that you have not dove into yet, or maybe it needs a little extra attention. Um, So as far as marketing, um, we talked a lot about keywords with Sean and where to place those keywords within the different systems like Indeed and or Craigslist. So What I'd like for you to do is really research your labor market and research the keywords that people are searching for to find businesses like yourself. So for for just an example, power washing, we're really heavy in pressure cleaning down here and power washing. So those are two keywords that I know for sure I do need to use in my ads. Um, As far as then placement wise, 
Sean mentioned Indeed. Definitely want to make sure those are in the first paragraph, if I'm remembering correctly. And for Craigslist, those tags and keywords want to be at the end of your advertisement and not the kind of the, the initial kind of grab isn't as much as um, impact as it is on Indeed. So those are the two pieces for marketing wise keywords and then where to place those keywords if you have not started that section of recruiting. Awesome. And for finance homework this week, I'm going to have you look at how much is your internal customer worth to you? So how much can you expect for one good employee to generate in your business? Uh, I'm going to put the formula in the Facebook group. And uh, then I want you to take it to the next step to try and figure out, well, what can you afford budget-wise to attract that? We know that we know our client acquisition cost for our average customer. I want you to try and figure that out for your average employee. Um, and as a reminder, we're going to give you a lot of homework this week. If this is your first week joining us on the podcast, we only expect you to do one, but we do ask you to do one. We'd like to differentiate ourselves with other podcasts because we're not just going to throw information at you. I know there was a ton of value in, in this week's episode particularly, but we want you to implement. We want you to take action. We want to help you actually fight for your business. And the best way we know how to do that is to hold you accountable to actually implement one of the homework assignments each week so you can keep moving the needle forward. And we have a Facebook group that will help do that. So this is your first week joining us. Welcome. Please do one homework assignment. <laughs> and your systems homework is to check out Sean's four legs of the stool, I believe you called it, which I absolutely am obsessed with. Um, what is your knockout question? What would upset you if you owned the company and rate your luck? And I'm actually going to put a link in the group, um, if it's okay, Sean, to your Blue Skies Indeed page that shows all of the jobs that you have listed currently and kind of how those uh, questions are loaded into those job descriptions and application process. Because I believe that we should always look at smarter, younger, faster, more capable people than ourselves and see what we can replicate from them. And I was stalking you on Indeed while you were talking to Martha because I'm obsessed with some of these things that you've used. So I know for us, we're going to take a look at it. So I'm going to put the link there for everybody to check out. That's their homework. Okay. And my homework is going to be around culture. Sean talked a lot about how culture is more vital than it's ever been right now. I mean, there's a lot of jobs to choose from out there. And so culture is super important. My feeling is that management, leadership, their number one job is to protect the culture in your business. And so I know what I do to protect our culture. What do you do to protect your culture? And there should be actual, you know, there should be an actual strategy behind protecting your culture. So think about that. If you do my homework, I want you to think about that. And then, John, yeah. any homework? I, I would say the only homework I would recommend is uh, get on the phone with your uh, Indeed rep and your ZipRecruiter rep as soon as you possibly can and just pick their brains like it's going out of style. Uh, and that'll give you a lot of homework from there to do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, that, that homework would, that sounds horrible to me. So I would be thinking, <laughs> okay, yeah. there's a the reason to hand that off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, such good stuff. Already looking at that task. <laughs> so everybody check out blue collar recruiting. Yeah, That's the, blue skies. So good. 
And if people want to find you, Sean, what's the best way to get a hold of you? I would say you can either message me on Facebook. I'm pretty easy to find on there. If not, uh, text me and I'll whip out my number 440-340-1425. Wow. You heard that. <laughs> and we always close out look it's buzzing it's going crazy we always close out the week sean with a quote of the day and so the quote for today comes from one of our favorite book authors simon sinek and he says that weak companies hire the right experience to do the job but strong companies hire the right person to join their team so get out there and find that person to join your team today and everyone keep fighting and thank you so much sean for joining us and thank you everybody for listening and we'll see you next week bye everybody keep fighting (laughs) connect with fight club for business join our facebook group where we have weekly homework accountabilities and an awesome community to help you fight for your business Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for business.